Creeps and Assorted Devery. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hey, Creeps. I'm Laura. And with me tonight, I have my beautiful co-host, Tanya. Hi. And Tanya, who do we have on tonight? We have Todd Purse. Uh, Todd is, yeah, an illustrator, illustrator, (laughs) illustrator, podcaster, podcaster, yeah, musician, and all around awesome guy, yeah, (laughs) super talented and creative. Yes, you are too kind. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here and talking to y'all. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. this is gonna be fun. Yes, (laughs) all right, so Todd. Your main yes. job is an illustrator, mm-hmm. right? Or cartoonist? Is, yes, yeah. You... I, I I blend the two, but yeah, I guess technically I get paid for illustration. So illustrator. Okay. <laughs> so that's your day, day job. Uh huh. <laughs> and people know you in the cryptid community. How? Like, how uh, do we? I how do we know the... you? <laughs> that's a great question. How does anybody <laughs> know anybody? No, I think the first. Uh, exposure that i had to this community was through the kryptonaut podcast like they were they were the first dudes that really kind of uh reached out and asked me to work on some projects with them and kind of start sharing my art on a pretty regular basis so i i think that's that was the first exposure from there and then i mean i have always listened to so many different paranormal podcasts and all all of the stuff that i kind of incorporated into my artwork even before kind of working with those dudes was all from the community and from these stories and this mythology and stuff so after I kind of connected with them I just kind of uh, started reaching out to more people that I really loved their work and then I started the podcast a little while after that when I started doing the zine that I was putting out and from there it gave me an excuse to really reach out to other podcasters and people that I find very inspirational in this world so wow you didn't reach out to us well, <laughs> not, I feel not, offended. Uh, uh, well, that was <laughs> not, not, not intentional at all. I reached out to him first. <laughs> no, no, it's funny because it, it's something I think about a lot. And there's so many people that like I still would love to reach out to. And now yeah. it's and this is even weirder because I still doesn't feel. But there's been people that have reached out to me that I have no clue who are and they want to be on the show. And it's like I have a very small show. It's not like I have a big listenership. So it means a lot to me because they obviously just resonate to how I'm talking to guests. And mm-hmm. I I'm not an interviewer. Like usually if I have somebody on, it's like I have these ideas. I want to bounce off this person and I'll listen back to the interview and I'll be like, 
oh, I probably should have let them talk a lot more. Or maybe I should have <laughs> asked them like, but then I, I mean, I'm not really going for that type of show. So I guess interviews may be a bad way to kind of say it. But I, I yeah, I've realized there's so many people that I want to talk to. And it just kind of going down the list is I'm like, I have years of conversations ahead of me that I'm very excited about. And you all are definitely on that list. So don't worry, I'll be reaching out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's your podcast name for people who don't know? Uh, so I, it's called the Create Magic Podcast, and uh, it's a daily art podcast. I do one episode every day where I talk about the artwork I make, and then I post over on my website and Instagram. And they're usually like six to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. I very uh, off the top of the head, rambly, like very not thought out. I do them around 5 a.m. every morning after I get up around four and I do the drawing oh, and then yeah. I, come, <laughs> I come I come out to the garage and I sit down and I record whatever comes out of my mouth. It's usually the first things I've spoken all day. So it's uh, it's fun. It's been a real a real kind of uh, way to get into my subconscious more and uh, and see what that's I think awesome. about the things I draw. So, and then on Saturdays, I do an interview segment that's called creative weirdos. And I talk to a bunch of artists and I talk to a bunch of people in the paranormal community. And yeah, that's been, uh, I didn't start that until about halfway through starting the daily episodes, but mm -hmm. it was something that I had always wanted to do just because, like I said, I find so much inspiration in this whole podcasting art form. So, and it's, it's like really an hour nice. long, right? Yeah, they're usually hour. There's been a few that go to uh, a little over two hours when when I get somebody on that I've really uh, been having a lot of conversation or a lot of, uh, uh, I guess I've been having conversations with them in my head for a long time. <laughs> and then I finally yeah. get them on the podcast and I'm like, okay, here we go. But yeah, you usually shoot for about an hour. You also do the Delaware one. Don't you do that yes. once a week or yeah, that's so like that, what 30 minutes, maybe. I don't think it's not even that long, is it? Yeah, it's really, it's usually about 15 minutes, 25 yeah. at the top, so I'd say, but that just started. I do weird Delaware stories on Wednesday, and that kind of came about. I had been uh, doing the similar thing for the coffee company that I work for, Brandywine Coffee Roasters. We do a, a spooky coffee club every October that's always themed around certain things. And this year was Delaware folklore. And I got really enamored by so many of the different uh, stories that we kind of found through going through the different, <laughs> going through the different, uh, like amazingly strange story, uh, stories from Delaware that I figured out there was way more than I could cover in a month long podcast for the coffee company. So I started doing them weekly. And now uh, our buddy, our mutual friend Vuk from Tracing Owls has sent mm -hmm. me so many topics on Delaware high strangeness that I have just like, uh, I probably have another year's worth ready at this point. So they've been really fun though, because I it's completely different format and I get to just kind of retell a story and say what I think about it for a couple minutes and do that's awesome. Topic. He your actually Christmas had some questions. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, yeah. oh, that's okay. I was just going to say that your Christmas tree one made me cry. That was my favorite. So those are my favorites. The ones that aren't even like cryptid related or like they're just like strange stories in Delaware. And yeah. I had never I had never heard about that Christmas tree. And it was just it's so funny because 
those stories so essentially it was a very slow news day and this newspaper photographer saw this really sad looking little you know evergreen sprouting through the cracks of a highway and he noticed that somebody had put christmas ornaments on it so he's like oh that's i'm going to take a picture of this and he wrote this poem it's almost like a little kid story about this real uh oh. you know this real tiny christmas tree that was a seed that got blown and planted in the highway and it's very hopeful and awesome and it started this whole tradition of decorating these little sprouting weed saplings that come through the highways in northern Delaware. And I just love those instances of like folklore that take hold of a community. Yeah. And it, it, it's cool that it doesn't have to be like a scary monster or like a UFO. It can be like, you know, a cute little weed that popped through the concrete that people decide to decorate. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't have a happy ending, though. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. It didn't. That, that Did it get got chopped down? It got, yeah, yeah. The story ends pretty, pretty, uh, pretty poorly for that tree. <laughs> he gets tur 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 turned Turn into, into paper. Yeah, yeah. He goes the natural <laughs> way of trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I was going to say, speaking of Vuk, um, he had some questions that he wanted me to ask you. So be prepared oh, fun, fun. for those. <laughs> I can <laughs> okay, only imagine. So so, Todd, you've also written a book called Counting Cryptids, and I have it in my mm -hmm. hand, even though people can't see it, but um, it's dedicated to your little Ted monster. Mm -hmm. So tell us what this book is about for people who don't know. Yeah, I did that right after having my first kid, uh, the little Ted monster. And it's pretty much just a very simple counting book using cryptids and different creatures that I have been kind of fascinated with even right before having kids. But really having kids pushed me back into all the paranormal and all this stuff pretty hard, mm -hmm. which is a big, big connector for me. So yeah, that was the first kind of diving in and putting, I wanted to, and there was plenty out there. We were talking before we started recording about how many wonderful, weird kids books there are these days, mm -hmm. but even six years ago, there wasn't as many other as there are now. And I wanted to make something that he could, you know, look at and kind of see in a colorful, smiley, like more curious way instead of some of the like scary kids books used to be really creepy. Like, have you sat down and read like old mother goose tales to your kids? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like there's mm -hmm. some real creepy stuff out there. And like, so, I mean, I wanted to introduce monsters and weird paranormal stuff but in a more fun way for him. Yeah. So, that, Thank that you for that. <laughs> it's, it's the least I could do. It's one of those things that I never thought I would uh, care nearly as much about as I ended up <laughs> caring about, but I really do. It's, it's, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> okay. So how did you get into the paranormal cryptid world? Like, did that start when you were younger or was that yeah. something like when you're a teenager yeah, I definitely was always into, so I say I was into like uh, fun, spooky stuff. Like I, I loved Goosebumps growing up. Yeah. I loved like oh, scary yeah. stories <laughs> to tell in the dark. Yes. And I kind of stopped there. Like I kind of, I never, I wasn't a real horror kid after that. I didn't follow down those routes for whatever reason. Like I never got super into that, that next step of it, but I just kind of stayed in the like, folkloric side side of things that I really found fascinating with like scary stories to tell in the dark. And mm -hmm. I got really, uh, so I think that my biggest paranormal influence outside of that is like going through the Treehouse of Horrors uh, episodes of The Simpsons that probably informed. I love like, those. I, <laughs> yeah, they're my favorite. And then once I like, 
got older and saw the twilight zones and all these classic pieces of science fiction that these are all based off of i got it like it kind of all clicked in a special way which is something the simpsons has done a million times for me we're like oh that was a simpsons joke now i know where that reference right. came from and, <laughs> you know, very, but that's that probably was the start of kind of my interest in those things and i mean i was thinking about this in relationship to a few other things going on in my life but uh my, my nana was a huge influence on me in this way in some very interesting ways I was I was thinking earlier about what the first time I like remember being uh like uh what's the word I remembered someone being proud of something I drew or like encouraging me creatively in that way yeah and it was definitely my nana and she had a really big influence on me she uh was a painter she would make like crafts with my grady and they would do like my grady would cut the <laughs> grady is what we called my grandfather i always forget that that's not like a normal grandfather <laughs> name but uh he would cut like wood cuts and she would paint them and they would do craft fairs for like christmas and halloween and stuff Aww. so she always had paint out and everything but um we would sit there and paint and draw and she would tell me these stories all the time and she was like a very old school catholic who was very you know, believed in angels very uh, realistically, like her mm -hmm. parents were in the house with her, watching over her very much in those type of things. And she yeah. was also a pediatric nurse for a long time. And she would tell us all these stories about going in and visiting kids that would say something along the lines of like, oh, do you see the shiny red bike at the end of my bed? I'm going to ride this bike tomorrow and it's going to be amazing and I can't wait. And then the kid would pass away the next day and she just had story after story and she would just tell. And the that was kind of like the first time I fell in love with like uh, I guess uh I don't want to call them ghost stories but telling stories that are anomalous yeah. in this mm -hmm. and and they make you sit there and wonder like what is that red bike like what is right. that thing like that is that that's being communicated there and like I don't know like the so my grandmother my nana was a big influence on me and I think like her her kind of catholic mysticism view of the world had really opened me up and allowed me to be more accepting of weird stuff in general that's cool I love that yeah <laughs> yes that's so cool so have you had any uh paranormal experiences yourself so yeah that's a weird it's a really funny question because my like uh, my knee-jerk reaction is always to say no but then I'm like I I, I kind of have at this point it's, it's so the main one that I've told before revolves around my kids. So it's not my direct experience, but, uh, you know, uh, kids have imaginary friends and things mm -hmm. like that. And uh, my kid was two. Uh, this happened between it was probably about two to three when he w w was going through this phase and he loves cats. He's been a cat kid his whole life. We have two cats. He's always loved them. And at some point he started talking to what he called TD, his imaginary black and white cat that lived under his dresser. And I was like, oh, cool. No problem. Like we have a cat named Didi and our cats name are Joey and Didi. So I was like, oh, he's, you know, Ramones? playing off. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> nice. we, we got two brothers and it just seemed very fitting for me. Okay. <laughs> and they've taken the personalities so well. Didi is my black and white tuxedo cat. And he is just the most mischievous little booger ever. And Joey is just this like, he is a big orange tabby who's really long and elegant and like just very to himself. It's so they fit the Joey and Didi motif so yeah. well. <laughs> but uh yes, yeah, so my my kid's talking to his imaginary friend under the dresser, TD the cat. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're outside the next day or a couple weeks later at some point talking to our neighbor, and we're like, oh hey, you know, <clears throat> talking about how 
uh, the people that lived here before did some really weird stuff. And she's like, oh, well, you know, TD. And I was like, who's TD? And she's like, oh, that's the guy that lived at your house before him. Before what? you, that was his name. That was his nickname. Everyone called him TD. And we were like, oh, that's weird. And she's like, well, you know what happened, right? And I was like, Mm-mm. and she was like, oh, he died. He had a heart attack, like in the hallway of your upstairs, like in the pretty much died in the bathroom upstairs. And I was like, that's awesome. My kid talks to a a, a black cat named TD under his dresser that's connected to that wall right there. So oh, like, that you just know, gave me the goosebumps. Like, yeah, <laughs> and it's one of the, like, I never had a story like that to give the goosebumps, right? But what's so cool about it and what I really love is that at no point was Teddy scared. At no point was there an element of fear. I, the house, like I never feel scared or weird yeah. or anything. In the basement is the dude's, the dude was a drafting, a draftsman for the navy and he has a drafting table that's probably the size of like three of my drafting tables up here in the basement oh wow I will, and i'll never remove it not only because i think it's really cool and like I, I like i like it being there but also i just don't know how i would remove it without like chopping it to pieces and stuff right, but, right. I, but, but i mean so he's definitely there's parts of them here and like i i just love that my kid experienced that which is like yeah you know it's just a cat that was under there and they had a conversation he remembers it. He just, you know, doesn't really talk about it anymore. It's over. I was just going to so, ask. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Aww. and he's had a few. <laughs> so him and cats are really cool. Uh, we had a cat before um, our two cats, Joey and Didi. It was my old cat, Hondo. I got Hondo when he was about 10 and he lived to be about 25. He's one of the, the you know, oldest wow. cat I ever had. It was crazy. The vets were like, this is wild. So Teddy knew Hondo for probably about six months of his life before he passed away, right? And then Hondo got put down. He was diabetic. I was giving him insulin shots last wow. year of his life. Like we really, we went went all the way for the cat. Um, but <laughs> so Teddy still talks about Hondo and he'll, and he would always be like, my, my wife's got a tattoo of him on her leg. And so he was around, right? We have his ashes up on the mural. One night he told me, he's like, dad, can you leave the window uh, kind of cracked? And I'm like, why? Like, what would you, what do you need the window <laughs> cracked for? He's like, well, Hondo comes to visit me. He lives in Paris now and he flies on a jet plane and he comes over to my room and he hangs out with me at night. And I'm like, that's awesome, what? really? That's cool. And he's like, yeah, we hang out. And he tells me about what it's like to live in the Eiffel Tower and like the food he eats in Paris. <laughs> and like, I'm like, that's awesome. Like, can you tell me next time he's here? I'd love to come up. And he's like, oh yeah, I'll tell you dad. So like, you know, he doesn't mention it for a little bit later. And then like a week later. So he's like, oh, dad, Hondo came last night. He brought a friend. And I was like, oh, what was his friend's name? He's like, he didn't want me to tell you, dad. And I'm like, OK, this is <laughs> this is oh. edging on that, like kind of weird type of uh, things kids can say sometimes. And, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> but it, it was and, and then he just dropped it. And like that was it. So he definitely has this weird cat death thing going on that i don't know exactly what the connection <laughs> is all the way but i really I'm, I'm very interested in it but yeah those would be like the the biggest paranormal i have synchronicities a lot they revolve around the uh the show like the the podcast like since i've been doing uh -huh. them more they i i mean depending on what people de define as the paranormal i know synchronicity can be on the borderline right. for some people but i think those are the, the type of things that i love because when you tell a good synchronicity story to somebody it makes them think about those little things a little bit more and then they'll mm -hmm. end up having their own synchronicities and they'll right. end up like experiencing the world a little stranger which is the best part and I yeah mean, <laughs> yeah so i guess that's probably the the biggest i think the only synchronicity one really worth telling that i have is also 
also revolves around Teddy and uh, Mike Leland, who is a paranormal researcher. Are you familiar with with him? He's the owls and UFO guy. I think is how he's most commonly known. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you if you Google owl and UFO, he'll commonly say Mike Leland will come up right away. He's written some I've amazing heard his books. Name. Yeah. Yeah. He he wrote a book called The Messengers and a few other ones that are so good. Yeah. I quote him all the time. In my podcast. He's just known for owls, UFOs, and synchronicities. Those are the three things he's known for. And I've I've always liked his work. He's somebody I've never thought about reaching out to just because I'm always like, oh, that's that's punching above my uh weight class. That's a little bit <laughs> my, you know, like I'm not I'm not there. But uh I guess it was right after Christmas, my kid got a Hedwig the Owl Lego set. And he loves Legos and he's really into Harry Potter right now. So he's building Hedwig. And I'm cooking lunch and he starts screaming and I'm like, oh, what just happened? I run in. He swallowed a piece of the Lego like he was oh my just God. Like eating his quesadilla and just mindlessly plopped a Lego in there and didn't even oh, no. swallow it. So we go to the ER, we get him x-rayed, we get the whole thing. They're like, he's he's going to pass it naturally, like just take him home. It went down. It'll come out. It's cool. So we come home and we're sitting on the couch. And he's starting to build the owl Lego again. And I get a text message and it's from a number I don't know randomly. And it's Mike Cleland. And he's like, hey, I just recently heard my friend Ryan Sprague on your podcast. I thought that it was really great. And I think I would be an amazing, a perfect fit for your podcast. Would you like to have me on sometime? And I'm like, this is really weird, Mike, because uh, I'm sure you're tired <laughs> of hearing these stories. But I just got home from the hospital for my kids swallowing a piece of an owl. So uh, <laughs> this is the perfect way to start this conversation and i mean yeah it was it, we had a great conversation but that's those are the type of little things and usually they don't revolve around my kids swallowing legos <laughs> that's the only one that's <laughs> Lego that, that's poop. got yes yes so, oh he he made me look at that poop for a while oh i'm sure. sure yeah yeah oh my god whole, whole, yeah. whole another whole nother thing i had just gotten over the poop fascination i feel like and this really uh revitalized it <laughs> oh my gosh my kid, yeah, one of my kids is in that fascination Stage. Oh, really? to see oh it. yeah. You said four, right? That was prime. I feel like yeah. three to five, I feel like we're just prime poop years for yeah. me in this house. And yep. yeah, I, I wasn't <laughs> sad to see it go. I mean, yeah. I don't think girls do that, do they? I don't remember doing that. Maybe I, I, don't did, know. I, I don't remember, don't remember doing it. <laughs> June definitely laughs at it. Like she thinks poop jokes are fun. like, you know, she'll laugh at her brother and stuff, but she's not into, she takes herself. She likes her privacy. She's not potty trained yet, but she has her little poop spot. She just goes and she does her thing. <laughs> Kids, I tell you. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I, oh sorry go oh, no continue. no you go ahead no i was uh, just gonna i was just gonna say it's always nice talking to other weirdo parents <laughs> yeah, yeah. so jake he will um he's three and a half and he will um like go in like a corner mm -hmm. and you know that's his little poop spot but mm -hmm. yeah you know he still wears a diaper right now but he's just like once I change him, he's like, let me see it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to show you. And he's like, let me see it. <laughs> I love yeah. it. There's there's something to it. I mean, yeah. I got to show things. him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's my kids. 
Well, <laughs> my furry kids eat poop, so but they're they're fur babies. They're not children. <laughs> <laughs> that's acceptable for them. That's my. Yes. Uh, that's Teddy's favorite thing to see the dogs do. We have the neighbors have two dogs, and they will often eat each other's poop. And Teddy thinks it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, yep, that's pretty funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, how did you get into drawing cryptids? So and I, goblins and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I really goblins. think it just came. Yeah, the goblins definitely came from uh, just a fascination with well, one the cryptonauts did a bunch of episodes on different goblins that I really liked, mm-hmm. and I really and I mean the Kentucky or excuse me the Kellysville uh, goblins are one of my the excuse me Hopkinsville goblins are one of my favorite uh, cases out there, and I mean there's just something about the way that they are super tiny and kind of tied to this uh fantasy realm but also mm-hmm. kind of seen as like a alien or extraterrestrial and uh-huh. like it kind of has this connection to the past and future that a lot of these mythological or cryptids or these folklore creatures don't always have so i don't know exactly i mean i was always fascinated with drawing monsters and weird creatures and stuff i some of the earliest like how to draw books i had were how to draw monsters like the nice. ones you would get from like the scholastic yeah. fair and yeah. stuff you know start with a circle and add a square and then right. like, you know take it from there so like I was always into that and I mean I think that when I became a full-time illustrator in the way that I am I my main gig is for a coffee roasting company and they do two releases a week and I have to have a different you know unique image for two releases a week for every week of the year so having that's to a produce- lot it's a lot of imagery yeah Yeah. and we've we've been a company for eight years and that's been our model for eight so he's like as you got to kind of go to different wells to find different inspirations and figure out different ways of of, you know keeping keeping yourself interested so the paranormal and especially in the podcasting community that i was talking about that was such a big source of inspiration for me that reconnected to that kind of child that child interest that that innocent that Mm -hmm. kind of curious view of the world that you have as a kid and that's what really kind of gets me going these days and having kids helped with that a lot and kind of sitting with those big kind of scary questions I don't know you have kids and you start thinking or even when uh, Allie got pregnant I'm starting to think oh like how do I talk to this kid about people dying like what happens when grandpa dies what happens when right. all these things right and like you know so uh, I mean even like spirituality and stuff like that I I kind of left behind at a early age and was pretty uh, atheistic uh, for lack of a better word throughout my kind of, you know, teenage to early twenties and stuff like that. I was always into your Terrence McKenna's and your Ram Dass's and some Buddhist type of stuff, but was never connected to anything strongly. And then having to sit in those big kind of capital M mysteries before having a kid made me go down those rabbit holes again. And when you listen to people like Ram Dass talk, you're like, oh, this dude talked to a ghost and got ha- like he has a disembodied friend named Emmanuel that gave him half of his like all of those famous quotes like we're walking each other home and 
death is just a tight shoe worth taking off. They came from Emmanuel, who is Ram Dass's disembodied friend who was channeled through a channeler. Like, and so same thing with like so many different people that have these beautiful, beautiful uh, imprints on the world. They come from these sources that are outside of themselves. And that's kind of what led me back into the paranormal is being like, oh, so like everybody <laughs> has these things that they, you know, uh, Alistair Crowley had AWAS. He had, AWAS was the dude that he transcribed the book of the law through. Like all these people have these, these kind of different uh, bodiless entities. So that kind of got me down the rabbit hole of channeling <laughs> and brought me down to uh, Jacques Vallée and Kiel and all of those guys with cryptids and stuff. And yeah, I guess that's how I got back into drawing them. I was like, oh, this is fun again. <laughs> that's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. It's a weird road to go down, but it kind of it kind of made sense after I was like, oh, yeah, they're just talking to ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I do that, too. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Todd, you yeah. are a punk rocker. Mm -hmm. Tell us about I, your bands. Yeah, so I mean, my current band, I was just telling you, I've been kind of band. Uh, we never broke up, but uh, I've been not actively in a band for a while. But my current most active band is the Headies, and we just started playing again. We have a show coming up that's going to be super fun. And pretty much I've been playing in bands since I was 17, 16, like some late high school. It's something that I've always kind of loved doing, was never good at doing, but uh, kind of forced my way into it's punk. It doesn't need to be good. Totally. <laughs> the, the moment you embrace that, the moment it really opens up for you, like it really does. I, I was in a bunch of bands where I really wanted to play guitar and I really wanted to kind of be on in front of the stage, you know, be a singer or something along those lines. But then the band that clicked and really did it for me is this band that I play drums in. And to this day, it's the only band that's I think it's been 12 years we've been a band or something like that at this point. And we still we have a new record we're working on. We have about 10 songs ready for to record now and that's my main thing i love writing songs like the reason i love bands like the ramones and like that whole genre of punk that came out of the ramones mm -hmm. is because it's all based on this beautiful formulaic music that came from girl groups and garage music and just this really american roots music that is kind of still prevalent in the it's still there like it has this yeah. thread that connects all the way to bands like green day and even newer bands that i'm sure i'm not familiar with and can't can't name it all right now but i love just kind of uh playing in that formula i love the idea that there's there's four chords, there's a structure, and you can play around with that structure a lot. But like, it's also just a nice way to stop drawing and still like kind of be that creative, creative outlet. In a different yeah, way. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so what are yeah. your um, music influences? Definitely, like I said, that early first New York wave of New York Dolls and the Ramones okay. and the stuff, the the proto punk stuff before that is huge for me. All the garage music. Uh, the Sonics were one of the biggest ones and they're pretty direct influences on all this stuff. But out, outside of that, more, more modern stuff is definitely in that kind of lookout nineties, uh, pop punk records like all distillers uh, rancid. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. All of that stuff is kind of my jam. And then that stuff mixed in with, I came up in, I mean, 
my biggest show going time was probably 1998 to 2004. So mm-hmm. bands like Lifetime and Kid Dynamite and stuff okay. like that were huge for me. And, yeah. And that trickled into like Saves the Day and all the things in which are still like incredibly popular. And like, yeah, those those things definitely had big influences on me. I mean, Weezer was one of the biggest still yeah. one of my go to forever. First band he and... said that I knew. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, it, it's probably the best out of all the ones like at, at least for the first couple albums it's still like i listen to those records all the time and go yeah back blue to album them. is one of my faves oh yeah it's so good just those songs are something special and there's just something there's something to the simplicity of it all that's what i love mm-hmm. about these this type of music is that it's accessible and you can hear it and you can figure you i can do that like it's actually obtainable and i try and I try and make sure I preserve that within the artwork that I do as well. Like it's one of the reasons I like drawing simply. Like I realized a long time ago, I'm not going to be the best technical artist ever. I'm not going to, I'll never be an Easton Hawk or like these. Dudes I was going to say like, his name. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love using him. He's, he's very good, detailed. He's yeah. a good friend. And I love using him mm-hmm. as an example because I wish I could do what he does so many, in so many ways. But I I realized a long time ago that, that I can't function like that. And it might be, almost uh if i lean into it it can be a it can be a uh i'm being really bad with words tonight but if i lean into it it it, it could be a positive and not something i have to be concerned with um and i i realize that what people resonate they're like i like how simple it is because i feel like i can do that just the way that you you listen Mm -hmm. to ramon's record and you're like oh yeah we can do this like and i think the more people that are being creative and living a more creative life, the better the world is to not sound too cheesy, but I really think that <laughs> the, the more people kind cheesy. of embrace, yeah, I, I, I mean, to, to, to put all my cards on the table, I think that the imagination is incredibly important and undervalued in today's uh, world. And the more that we yeah. can all embrace our imagination in whatever way yes. it resonates with us, then the better everything's going to be. I, I, I feel like all, all the, the world's freaking wild right now right like i've mm-hmm. like i have kids and like we had to deal with like school shooting scare the other day for the first time with my kindergartner and stuff and i'm like man oh shit my is, gosh yeah, yeah like all like stuff's heavy in a lot of ways like there's, yeah like it, 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 but the cool thing is or the thing that i try and remember is that there's a lot of there's a lot of potential right now because there's a lot of investment in things that are not aligning with the imagination but that just leaves this opening for us to really kind of invest in what really is going to pull those things along which i think is creativity and i think there's going to be a big surge of like really special artwork coming out of this time and especially from these kids that are growing up now like i can't wait Mm -hmm. to see what kind of art they make because i think it's going to be it might save the world (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah no uh, my kids are way they keep me drawing more than I like to sometimes <laughs> like I'll be done. And they're like, let's go dad constantly. Uh, my kid, my two-year-old, all she wants to do is paint. She loves painting, like she uh-huh. painting and playing the keyboard are her two favorite things right now. She just, that's we awesome. have like 
a Yamaha keyboard with all the pre-programmed beats. And so she just goes in and plays beats and just slams on the keys for a while. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah but yeah, we, we do lots of painting and drawing. Uh, my oldest just got into Minecraft. So he's a little bit more into, uh, this is his first Love video Minecraft. game experience. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Love cool. Minecraft. <laughs> it's super fun. I, I haven't played video games since 1994. Like I, it's so far out of what I'm used to. And, I had no clue what to think at first and I had to relearn and yeah. <laughs> uh, not even relearn, just learn for the first time, a whole new, you know, environment. Yeah. But it is like one, my kid's kind of a scaredy cat and I love it. Like he doesn't want to play like with Minecraft, you can play so there's no bad guys and that it's just right. like you're building and there's no, you can't die. That's what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> he will not allow for the, and he loves the bad guys. He has bad guy stuffies. He has like creeper stuffies and like all, but like he won't, He's still not there yet, but it's really cute to see him like get in there and bit like he it is this create it's like digital Legos and like the stuff he yeah. builds. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, dude, this is a whole other creative outlet that I didn't even know about. So he yeah. still is like being super creative, but there's a lot of times now where he'll be playing Minecraft, building his little world, and I'll be drawing on the iPad. So it, we we don't get to sit down and draw on paper as much, but we definitely still sit down and be creative as much as we can. <laughs> That's a good oh, that's so cute. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's been nice. <laughs> Just wait till you can like take them to like cryptid art shows and all that stuff. And Logan comes. This... Logan's like my little buddy, so Logan comes with mm -hmm. me to like all the shows that we do like he went to van meter with me and he went to the frogman fest so he just that's loves so cool. he loves all the cryptids so yes, he loves buying so stuff there too <laughs> as he should <laughs> yeah i was broke <laughs> he had to have like Absolutely. every cryptid comfort stuffy like you can see them in the back of my yeah. my video yeah, good collection right mm -hmm. there i yeah. love it <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited. I haven't got to uh, get too involved with that side of the community yet. And I'm excited to start doing some vending and bring the family out for some trips and stuff like that. I th yeah, that'd I be fine. You should come to Squawkapalooza. It's in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's not, not too far. far I was looking at that. I was looking at that. So I'll be there. That's awesome. I, that might have yeah. to happen. I'm. We're still figuring out our summer plans right now. We're. Uh, it's. It's so funny as the two kids get older. There's just so much like summer camp and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, we can go on these vacations. Like, nope. There's this this week and right. this that week. <laughs> oh gosh. Our <laughs> moved to Florida, so we're trying to figure out how to uh, visit them. But yeah, no, it's one of the things that I really want to start doing because I love talking to everybody via things like this, and I haven't got to meet nearly anyone in person yet so <laughs> yeah and they're a lot of fun i like doing them mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely fun. It's, it seems so, like it you're in delaware can mm -hmm. you tell us one of your favorite delaware spooky cryptid yeah. paranormal stories totally so let's hear it all right so the biggest one is definitely the selbyville swamp monster and that's probably the one i've talked about the most and I mean, I'll, I'll say, you know, I'm going to, I'll go with a different one just because I've told that one a whole bunch and I change do it love up it. a little. Yeah. We'll change it up a little <laughs> bit. And uh, it, it, Vuk, our buddy who we mentioned earlier has a really great episode of tracing owls all about the Selbyville swamp monster that he had me on for. And, you know, he's an actual researcher and smart person who can, he 
explains it all way better than I can. And it's beautiful. So go check that episode out <laughs> if you want to hear about the Selbyville Swamp Monster. But uh, Vuk also provided me recently with this really interesting case that I think is probably my favorite that I, as far as like a cryptid story that's come out of Delaware. And it's kind of a UFO story too. Um, it happens down in Lewis, Delaware, which is at the beach. So for anyone that's not familiar with Delaware, very small state. I live at the top where it's Wilmington and it's pretty much like the little city. And then there's nothing but chicken farms. And then at the bottom, there's beaches. And Lewis is one of the, <laughs> uh, yeah, Lewis is like one of the most affluent beach towns. It was the first town in Delaware to be settled. A very violent, uh, violent beginning. Like I think it was 35 or 40 Um settlers came they all got wiped out by indigenous people and then it happened pretty much it started there and it was a very rocky beginning very weird uh weird town in general from the from the get-go but so this one has to do with a kid that's hanging out at his friend's house in Lewis and he's going home and he leaves his kids, his friend's house, gets on his bike, starts riding through the woods and he sees a black triangle with red points at each uh, corner in the sky. And it's interesting because there's two different tellings of the story and Vuk, since I covered it on Weird Delaware, found more out about the story and did his own episode about it, which is really interesting. Did. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, no, he's good at that. Um, <laughs> but essentially, the kid that sees the black triangle in the sky tries to call back to his friend's house and be like, hey, do you see this thing? Like, what the hell? What is going on up there? And it gets the attention of the black triangle. So the black triangle hovers towards the kid and transforms into a humanoid figure to Ooh. where the yeah it starts st it's standing like bipedally and the the red lights change into hands and then he gets two red glowing eyes and the kid so in the original uh article the kid is said to be really curious and get on his bike and try and chase after this creature weird right like i was like yeah. that's kind of cool i really very like this. 80s movie yeah, yes it totally. is very like 80s and the uh, article that Vuk found later on is that it essentially the exact opposite that he got on his bike and got the hell out of there. It was like <laughs> screaming for his friends to help and whatnot. So it's it's definitely kind of conflicting. But it's, I think the one that Vuk found is the original eyewitness testimony. So I'm pretty sure it's mm. more of that a little, little more of a fearful reaction. But what I love about this story is you so rarely hear of this technological nuts and bolts black triangle thing you hear that usually is associated with like kind of my least favorite side of ufo ufo stuff like military and all of that right yeah but you, yeah you have that image that then transforms into this high strangeness creature that is a humanoid bipedal thing walking towards this kid and i love that there's this kind of uh, it, it starts out as a very nuts and bolts thing and then transforms into this high, this deep, deeply weird creature. And I think that kind of metaphor of transformation for what happens with a lot of these experiences is very apt. So, yeah, I, I think that's my new favorite of huh. all the Delaware ones. That's awesome. <laughs> I wonder if that's where that movie have you, either one of y'all seen the movie Eight Millimeter? Yeah, it's I been a long, long time, a long but... time ago. Yeah, I wonder if that's kind of where that's from because it was supposed to be in the 80s with kids on bikes and they were making a movie, but there was actually really a creature. I'd say like yeah, every I'm... 80s movie has kids on bikes. <laughs> well, that's true. It's also true. <laughs> it's also true. That would be awesome. Delaware, we have very little pop culture influence, but I'll take the <laughs> ones that we have. One of the most recent Delaware cases Vuk sent me had to do 
I don't even it didn't even have to do with caves, but um, <laughs> essentially the person that submitted the story, it was her kids got scared by a giant cryptid that was eating a deer under a bridge while walking to a mall. And the mom that submitted the story related it to the Richard Shaver mysteries, which is a bunch of underground Taros yeah. and Daros, but yeah, all that crazy stuff. And apparently at some point, according to this mom, Richard Shaver said that Delaware has entrances in the cave systems. Delaware only has one cave, only one. And it is this tiniest little cave. <laughs> it was the inspiration for the Dead Poets Society cave. If you ever saw that oh. movie where, where the kids oh. hit their pornography and their not good stuff uh -huh. in the in the movie. That was in, so that whole movie took place on St. Andrew's campus in Delaware. That was filmed in Delaware, which is like oh, oh so yeah. and that that cave our one cave is what is shown in the movie, inspired to show yeah. the movie. So that cave is not connected to any kind of crazy, like <laughs> you know, underground, but it's really funny. Maybe you're not that, trying hard enough, Todd. I know. No, I know. I, I, <laughs> you got to find that portal. I, I yeah, exactly. I should. I don't know if I want to find a portal. They scare me. <laughs> yeah. Lord knows what could come out of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, is there any like uh, local shows like band shows or art shows that you're going to be at that you want people to know about? Yeah, so I mean, locally, I'm doing an art show uh, starting in May. I am going to be showing at it's called uh, the Trolley Square Market, and it's it's a local market that sells all kinds of different stuff from crystals to candles to like kids' toys and all high end, very locally made type of stuff. And they have this whole room they dedicate to local creatives to kind of display their work. So That's they're nice. giving that room to me totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. And it's for a it's whole been, month. Yeah, it's for a whole month. I'll have everything hung up there. There'll be a bunch of paintings and a bunch of prints. And then I'm probably going to run some like uh, limited edition T-shirts that you can only get there and stuff like that. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And I'm is there excited. any band stuff that's going on? So or we no. are playing. We're playing a show. I'm pretty sure it's sold out. We only have one what? show booked right now. Yeah. So it's a my buddy runs a record label called Loaded Cat Records, and he's putting on. I want to say it's like a 13th anniversary. He's been he's been doing it for a long time, but it's some number anniversary show for his record label in uh, New York. And he's he was kind enough to get us to play and force us out of show retirement. So we're going to be playing that. But I'm pretty sure the last time I talked to him, the, the tickets are either almost sold out or sold out. But that's yeah, awesome. it's cool. going to be super fun. Yeah, it'll be good times. I've I haven't played a show that, you know, I, I can't it's been three years at least so it's been a long time I can't even remember the exact one that's cool that's <laughs> good. Have groupies yeah. no it's been I don't think we've ever uh <laughs> attracted anything along those lines unfortunately or fortunately <laughs> fortunately, I don't know. fortunately maybe. your wife might say fortunately <laughs> yeah, oh yeah no well, I, yeah no definitely she uh, we did meet at a, at a show that I played in the headies like the gosh I guess we were about a year into a band and me and Allie knew each other from going to shows growing up we both went to a uh, local like VFW and church shows oh, and stuff yeah. and then oh, yeah. we reconnected in our 20s Aww. again I was playing shows and she was attending and yeah so we did meet at a show and yes. it was uh, literally <laughs> we met that night and have been together for uh, 13 years <laughs> sorry I had to remember that's the, sweet the non-married time yeah sweet. totally <laughs> that's so cool very very lucky 
Yeah, wow, that's, that's very cool. cool. That movie is super eight, by the way, not eight millimeter. I, I was going to say, but I didn't know exactly. <laughs> so I didn't want to. I did. That I'm was like so a horror bad. movie, wasn't it? Or super, uh, super eight. Uh, the eight millimeter. Wasn't that oh, one? Like eight a... millimeter had Nicolas Cage in it. I okay, it that's what while. I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, Super 8 was about the kids and the monster and all that stuff. They were making a you movie just and a monster that crashed a, yeah. yeah, monster crashed a, a train and all that stuff. So, yeah. and, who, and who did that? Oh, why am I racking my brain? Who did that? Because it's somebody, he did a bunch of, it's, um, what's his the name? Super 8. Bad, uh, bad Robot and all that stuff. Um, Gosh dang, why am I? Yeah, I don't know. Now, now you're making me, know, now but... you're making my brain go crazy. But yeah, no, that's. Uh, Google, that's Google really Tanya. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> like the director that's person? A... Yeah, yeah. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Yeah. Abrams, thank you. Okay, yeah. yeah he did all, all the stuff. He did like Cloverfield and yeah, yeah. Star Trek and E.T. and all that stuff. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Todd, are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. Let's do it. Wait, are, are Vuk questions included in these ones? Um, I'm supposed to tell you that you're a potato. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows that I actually hate potatoes too. So I am one you of the hate very. Potato. How do you hate I, potatoes? I know French fries only. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like I thought I'd grow out of it. My everyone always made fun of me growing up, but I don't like mashed potatoes. I don't like any of it. And like as an adult, oh I eat it. This interview is over. Fine, but I know it's very divisive. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> no, no potatoes, no tomatoes. It's weird. I, oh, I don't do either. Now, I know somebody <laughs> who doesn't like tomatoes, but I've never met anybody who didn't like potatoes because they're I like know. the most, the most nicest vegetable out there. <laughs> <laughs> they have good personalities. They, no, I, I it's something weird with me. I don't get it. <laughs> All right. So his question was, would you rather eat the giant shrimp shrimp of Bremerton or the Nevada <laughs> space clam? Oh my God. <laughs> I definitely got to go with the Bremington, shri- the, the, <laughs> the shrimp, hundred percent, the shrimp. I can't, I can't do regular clams. So there's no oh. way I could do a UFO. That is that he's referring to a UFO. That was a living entity and was like moving its lid, like a clam shell. I'm pretty sure. And yeah, nope. Couldn't do that. <laughs> no, no. Yuck. All right. Who was your first celebrity crush? Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> so definitely, I can't think of Topanga from Boy Meets World, but I can't think I've of gotten that name. Yeah, people have said that before. Yeah. What's her actual yeah. name? I don't know. I'll Google it. Oh, <laughs> that's what people that's what, just say I'm, Topanga. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. horrible at names, but yeah, that that's definitely the earliest Topanga. I can remember. <laughs> let's, let's wait for Tanya to. Give us the real name. Topanga Boy Meets World. Uh, her name is, I don't know, played by Danielle Fischel. Fischel. Oh, I, yeah. I kept wanting to say Foster. I'm like, yeah, Foster. Danielle Fischel. Thank you. That's awesome. She was so cute. <laughs> Absolutely. And such a weirdo. Yeah. yeah. And her name was Topanga. <laughs> That's so cool. She was like the, she was the hippies kids. That, that she was, was. Uh, yeah. it, it yes. was my first introduction to that kind of, uh, you know, stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Simpsons, or I guess before that, Ren and Stimpy, but Ren and Stimpy oh, and Simpsons yeah, are definitely Ren and the Stimpy. two that are, are in there, the, in there the most. 
it's yeah the simpsons <laughs> have been around I, since i was in my 20s which is a long time ago they've been around forever yes it's crazy yes. there's people alive that weren't alive when it came out it's I just know. i can't believe it's ran that long <laughs> it's really wild and I it's influenced my worldview more than I'd like to admit. There, <laughs> my my inner voice is mainly Simpsons quotes. I'd say <laughs> it is for better or worse. <laughs> All right, if you had a theme song, what would it be? Oh man, these are good. That one I. All right, so it would probably be, man. That's really good. I'm... <laughs> like you just you're just walking in through the, the the door like a Seinfeld episode, like your Kramer. Like what's your what's your theme song? Total no. So the funny part is I've thought about this a lot. Uh, Bell and Sebastian <laughs> Cuckoo, which is going to be one that I don't know if everyone knows, but I it plays in my head all the time, and I think it is my theme song going on. <laughs> what is the name of it? So, so uh, Bell Tanya and will share a link. Oh, that's perfect. And in the I, show yeah. notes. Yeah. <laughs> I can, oh, Bell and Sebastian. Uh, it, man, I'm bad with titles. It's either Cuckoo or I'm a Cuckoo. Like Cuckoo okay. Bird. <laughs> if <Okay>. that helps. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the Dear Catastrophe Waitress record. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, can, it I was trying to think of something that was going to be less esoteric, and I just couldn't come <laughs> up with anything off the top of my head. That's all right. <laughs> Um, what is your favorite breakfast food? And don't tell me you don't eat breakfast. That's not no, an answer. Pancakes. Mm. Donuts. Uh, I, donuts feel like the right answer, but I feel like I can't relegate donuts to breakfast because I eat them for all the meals. So <laughs> I love donuts. You've even me drawn too. donuts before. It's uh, it's a constant oh, theme yeah. in, mm-hmm. in my house and work. Again, <laughs> probably the Simpsons influence again. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, so what movie do you enjoy quoting the most? Not The Simpsons. <laughs> an actual Dumb movie. And, Dumb and Dumber has <laughs> got to be my most quoted movie, 100%. Like, and yeah, <laughs> I do it without thinking about it. So, <laughs> All right, last question. You ready? Mm-hmm. What world record do you think you have a shot at beating? I'm going to say, oh, how about what? I'm trying to think of a good one. This is tough. I, I, what do I do? I, I've probably drawn more goblins than anybody at this point. I have like books. And oh, that's books true. Yeah. I think if you could have a world record for the most goblins drawn or most time spent drawing goblins, mm-hmm. I think I'd it win would that. Be I think I, I think you would too. I, I have, <laughs> uh, I th- I just put away, I have sketchbooks, stacks and stacks of them. And I now have eight that are just pure goblins at this oh, point. Wow. So I think nice. yeah, that's, that's a good answer. Go with. <laughs> I like your goblins. They're and cute. speaking of goblin art, you actually turned the five of us co-hosts into goblins. into goblins for one of our 
for one of and our we artworks. We love them. We yeah. all love them so much. <laughs> that was one of my Mine favorite so projects silly. in a long time. I love yes. drawing people as goblins. It's I very rarely do portraits or like it's you know, people people I'll do whatever people ask usually but like it's way better when they're like you make me a goblin or some other kind of (laughs) critter like can you draw me as a kitty cat I'm like yes that's way better (laughs) yes definitely (laughs) yeah we love it turned out so so much yes oh thank you oh my gosh you You, like really got our personality oh yes you did it was it was a blast (laughs) it was super fun I was honored to do it so thank you All right, Todd, oh, work. Huh? What? You didn't ask him. Oh, I got go a ahead. Ask him the two questions oh, that I forgot. Got... I could just ask him the one, but uh, you got to ask him. Okay. <laughs> I'll ask you uh, the least favorite one first Ooh, toilet yeah. paper over or under? Ooh, so this is something that I know people care a lot about. Yes. I have, I, I never <laughs> there remember are which one. Right and wrong answers, according to Rick. Yes, and I'm going to go with, I'm neutral. I never remember which one's right or wrong. I totally have been frustrated by whichever the wrong way is, but not enough to actually pay attention to how I put it on. So I'm going to go with, I don't care. I, I as long as it gets the job done. Yeah. That's what it Chad comes off the from uh, Creepy Acres said. He yeah. said, I don't as, care as long as it gets it done. Yeah, I think that's, that is my answer 100%. And it's funny. I th- yeah it had was it the episode maybe it was easton when you guys were talking east someone else had a very strong reaction to when i heard you guys yeah. asking that question and i was like i guess people really do care about that that's so yes. <laughs> they do and then there's another one that's funny uh is a hot dog wait is do you a, consider hot a hot dog, dog a sandwich hot dog a sandwich I do not. I'm sorry. I just, I, yeah, no, this is one of my favorite questions, actually. Do you, I, I, I love hot dogs and sandwiches, but I consider them very different things. And how come? Uh, mainly just because a hot dog is so unique. It just is what it okay. is. And because a hot dog doesn't have to have a bun. Like I, so well, I don't eat very I don't eat very many hot dogs, but my kids love hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Don't like buns. They just their carry favorite around. Hot, their favorite <laughs> yep. hot dog is the little pigs in a blanket. Pop them mm-hmm. out of the blanket. I'm like, why do you need the blanket? <laughs> they want the blanket, but they just want to pop it out and then eat the hot dog and eat the eat the croissant or whatever separate. And I'm like, okay, well, fair enough. So yeah, I think okay. that's that's the only justification that's fair. I have. <laughs> there you go. That is fair. That's the only. <laughs> You're the only person has said that, but it yeah. makes total sense. <laughs> Better than the bread being split. I mean, <laughs> that's just yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, totally. And I mean, it's definitely something that once you start splitting those hairs, you can go down all kinds of weird rabbit holes. Like exactly, you know, <laughs> you can exactly. Really, anything can become a sandwich, which you know, I, I yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is a pop tart just like ravioli? can are there toaster raviolis like are there raviolis you can cook in a toaster no i mean you could but it might get messy (laughs) maybe what's your answer so what is it tanya is a pop tart a ravioli maybe if you turn the toaster sideways you could put raviolis (laughs) in a toaster but there's toaster strudels so maybe not maybe a pop tart is like the cousin of a toaster strudel (laughs) maybe (laughs) i love it food (laughs) questions are the best yes 
Everyone loves yes, food. They are. <laughs> my most listened to podcast outside of paranormal stuff is definitely the Doughboys, which is a a <laughs> podcast that reviews chain restaurants. And they've dealt oh. with the hot dog question, which I'm pretty sure that I just uh, stole from their conclusion, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, but uh, but yeah, highly recommend for anyone l- looking for a good laugh about eating a lot, way too much fast food. <laughs> okay, I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Because I like me some fast food, unfortunately. <laughs> me, me too. I was out of it for the longest time, and then my my dad takes my kid to karate on Mondays, and he comes home with Happy Meals every mm. Monday, ah. and he brings them home for the whole family. And I'm like, man, I haven't eaten McDonald's in years and years, and now I find myself eating chicken nuggets and French fries once a week. <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's it feels oddly good. Like it feels like that nostalgia good, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. this is yeah. Uh, but then you're also did, like, uh and then yeah a couple hours later i'm like oh yeah no that's the not good feeling but then you do it <laughs> right. again this the next week yeah yep. nope monday comes around and i'm eating chicken nuggets again yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> all right todd where can people find you awesome uh the easiest place is createmagicstudios.com uh my instagram is the most active place other than that and that is at todd de85 it's a weird instagram handle i never really planned on making it into something <laughs> that i like promote or anything but you know it is it, it stays where how you. it is I- yeah, I don't like changing things. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was like so much fun. And yeah, I oh, yes. I always love being interviewed now. Like I never I feel more comfortable doing it. I was always so weird about it for the longest time. But now that I've gotten to interview a bunch of people, I feel like it's super fun to be on the other end. <laughs> yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, because it's just fun to talk to people. It's so much fun. I think yeah, no, I think it's yeah. A, a lot of fun. I spend most of my day talking to my kids, so it's nice to talk to adults and and Allie, and it's wonderful talking to Allie. But uh, yeah, we've yeah, been talking to each other for thirteen <laughs> for a lot of years now. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> she's tired of hearing all my all my weirdo ideas. <laughs> Tanya, where can people find us? Uh, on all socials, and we have uh stuff at Redbubble, including Todd's stuff or Todd's our goblins that Todd made us and mm-hmm. um big cartel big cartel big cartel and yeah all the socials and our podcast is on all the podcast players we do not have a patreon because we don't think that people would pay to listen to us so <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> that's, that's basically uh the truth <laughs> we will so, yeah. be at some events it. though Yes. We May twentieth. May 20th, we're gonna be at the Fest. well, May 20th is gonna be Hodag Festival in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then June 3rd, we're going to be in Canton, Ohio at the Small Town Monsters Monster Fest. And yes. we are going to be in the live podcast room Very with cool. Bigfoot Society, Astonishing Legends, Jim Harold's Campfire. So and I may throw up right before we walk in there. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. Come find come find Tanya throwing up in the trash can. Yes. <laughs> and then it. I'm gonna be at Squonkapalooza. So Todd will have to come down there. Me and Cole Harold is gonna be at the table too. So and then afterwards we're gonna go search for a headless cow at some slaughterhouse thing Squonkapalooza is in Johnstown Pennsylvania (laughs) on August 26th 
Yes. Yeah. And I'm cool. driving there. It's like 10 hours. <laughs> so there. Todd, thank you yeah. so much for coming on the no, show. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. <laughs> I, I had a great time. I, yes. uh, yeah. Thank you. I thank love it. You. Okay. Bye. Bye, Have a good night. (laughs) You too. Okay. That was great. Thanks for listening. You can find us on all the socials. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Subscribe and review our pod wherever you listen. We have merch on Red Bubble and Big Cartel. See you later, creeps. Yeah.